Hey guys, Kyler back with Kyler Burrell's Unedited Podcast, episode number two. Um, again, today is going to be mainly all sports. Next podcast, I'll have two guests on, and we'll discuss other stuff outside of sports, but there's a lot of sports to get into. MMA coming up this weekend. NBA is almost back. Um, Premier League, or I mean, not Premier League, Champions League almost back for soccer. NFL, sounds like they're going to they're gonna be coming back, so... Let's get into start off combat sports. First headline we'll get into is Mike Tyson's back. September 12th, he's going to box Roy Jones Jr. I'm guessing it's a, I don't know what Tyson's weight as weight is at, but I'm guessing it's a heavyweight bout, so it's going to be over 200 pounds, which I'm sure Roy Jones Jr. can he'll be at 200, he'll be fine with that. It's going to be on pay-per-view. I guess the rest of the card is most likely going to be stacked with MMA fighters versus boxers. So that'll be interesting when they come out with the card on who's going to be uh on the card from the MMA side. There's talks of maybe Ryan Garcia and uh, Henry Cejudo. Um, so that, that'd that be interesting. I mean, I think Cejudo would get killed, but it's an interesting one. Uh, GSP is uh, not interested in comeback. This week, uh, Usman called him out, said he'd love to fight George St. Pierre to prove who the greatest welterweight is of all time, which GSP is undoubtedly the greatest welterweight ever, if not in probably the greatest fighter of all time. And it's not anything, it doesn't interest George. George, wants, George, reason why he came back was because Bisbeam was a big name. Usman's not a big name, I mean, especially after his last fight with Masvidal. Nobody really wants to see Usman fight. No, he's going to probably fight Gilbert Burns. That's not going to be a big fight. I guarantee you they're going to try to put that on a card where it's co-headlining. Possibly Khabib and Gaethje or Connor and Gaethje, whoever, whatever happens next. So yeah, I mean Usman, it's not it's not a draw for George. George, if George were to come back, it would be against guys like Masvidal, uh, Nate Diaz, Khabib, Connor, somewhere in that range. It wouldn't be for Kamara Usman. Uh, Floyd Mayweather has come out and said he will not be doing an MMA fight after he's teased that for a long time, but would be open to a Conor McGregor rematch. So that could possibly happen. We'll see what happens with Conor. Um, with Khabib possibly retiring, should the UFC do Connor and Gaethje? Yes, they should. Um, it's the fight the fans want to see. I think people are still interested in Gaethje Khabib, no doubt. But if Khabib's going to wait till December, I don't understand. Are you going to have Gaethje just sit on the sidelines the entire time? He should fight Connor, or he could fight Poirier. I mean, or even a Tony rematch. I just don't understand why Gaethje would sit out that long, or why he'd want to. Because in my opinion, if he feels like he's the best in the world, why wouldn't you go get that that money fight with Connor? And then if you beat Connor, then you fight Khabib. And even if you lose to Connor, you're still right there in the mix. You know, you got a Justin Gaethje fight, you win, you're right back for a title shot. It just makes no sense to me. Whether I understand Khabib, his father passed and whatever, but and it's fine if he wants to sit till the end of the year. Or till 2021, that's fine. But let's do something with that interim belt. Let's not hold up the division. You got guys like Poirier who's coming off a big win. Uh, you got Charles Oliveira on the up and coming. You still have Tony Ferguson in the mix. You have Connor. A lot of fights could be made. So I, I, I don't understand that. Uh, Fury Wilder 3 is going to be in Vegas on December 19th, it looks like. Um... If Fury wins, he already has the agreement with Anthony Joshua. A two-fight agreement. 
in 2021. Most likely, I think the first one would take place in April or May, with the following one coming in September, October of 2021. So we could get what we want, as long as Fury beats Wilder. Because if Wilder beats Fury, you're probably going to get Fury Wilder 4, because it's 1-1-1. But I don't think Wilder can beat Fury, because in my opinion, Wilder can't transform into a great boxer in a year, under a year. So, I think Fury smoked Wilder again. I think he beats him, honestly, quicker than he did the second fight, seventh-round knockout. I think he finishes him in three or four. Wilder saying, you know, what Wilder said about him being tired because of his 100-pound gear, or whatever it was, that's false. He was tired because he had a 275-pound animal all over him for seven rounds. That's why he was tired. Ryan Garcia is asking to be released from Golden Boy because of a uh, bad promotion. I agree. I think Golden Boy should let him go. They're not going to let him go for free. Um, if any promotion wants him, be it top rank or matchroom, they're going to pay Golden Boy a lot of money. But I think it's a great investment because I think Ryan Garcia is a huge star in the sport. Could be the biggest star in the sport. So I think it's a great idea for matchroom or top rank to go get him. Uh, Mikey Garcia is still pushing for battle with Manny Pacquiao. would love to see that. Um, that's a good fight. I think Manny would beat him because I think Mikey's too small, but I still think it'd be a very fun fight. Um, Lomachenko versus Tefino, Tefimo Lopez is going to happen September 19th, most likely, or September 26th. Great fight again. I love seeing the top guys fight each other in boxing. That's what it's all about. That's what the UFC does. It's what boxing should do. And coming up is UFC Fight Island 3, Whitaker vs. Till. Obviously, Till, one of my one of my favorite fighters for sure. Uh, it's, it's, it's the biggest fight of his career. Um, if he wins, I think he's, he's going to fight for the title. Um, maybe Jared Cannonier is a fight. He could, it could be a matchup. But I think with the win, he's, he's right there for a title shot with the winner of Costa or Adesanya. Um, first fight on the card is Carlos Esparza, Marina Rodriguez. Rodriguez undefeated, 12-0-2. I think Rodriguez will get it done. I think Esparza, a little bit past her prime. I think Rodriguez gets it done via unanimous decision. Probably wins all three rounds. Then another great fight. One of my other, one of my other favorite fighters, Fabricio Werdum versus Alexander Gustafsson at heavyweight. Uh, Werdum's look really, I think Werdum's look really bad since come back from the suspension. Uh, I think Gusto gas he'll tire him out, and I think Gusto will get it done. Second round TKO, and then here you go in the legend, the legends division. Shogun versus Little Nog three, third time these guys are gonna fight. I think Little Nog's completely done. I think Shogun has maybe a run left in him, not for the title, but I think he could win two or three in a row and fight one of the top guys. Um, I'm gonna go Shogun via first round TKO. I think Little Nog. This is Little Nog's last fight. He stated uh, it won't go well for him. In the main event. The number one ranked middleweight contender, Robert Whitaker versus Darren Till. Everyone knows what I think about Whit uh, Whitaker. Even at such a young age, I think, I think he's uh he's been in too many wars. The 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 ten rounds with Yoel Romero, where I thought he lost, possibly both those fights, um, took a lot out of him. 
We saw the chin still wasn't there when he fought Adesanya. Knocked out. And my, I think Darren Till knocks him out in the first round. Uh, I think Darren's going to be too fast, too precise. As long as Darren doesn't get into a slugfest, I think Till will knock him out. He'll hit him with a big left hand. I think it'll put him down. and Till's going to make a statement. And it's time, it'll be time for the title. Till versus Adesanya is the fight they want. It could be Costa. I don't think Costa beats Stylebender, but Till and Stylebender is a fight to make. Um, I think Till. Yeah, I think Till sleeps Whitaker though. I just think Whitaker is taking too much punishment uh, in those last these last three fights, and that takes it out of you. Especially the ten rounds with Romero, that was brutal. And you saw the chin wasn't there against Stylebender. So I'm going. I'm going Till be a first round knockout. Now we'll go to what's next for fighters that have fought recently on Fight Island. Ozdemir, obviously, he was knocked out cold by Yuri Prasaka. I'm going. The number one option for Ozdemir would be Johnny Walker, and then Ryan Spann. I think both those are great fights for Ozdemir. Uh, Johnny Walker would be very fun. I think it's a great fight for both guys. Coming off losses. For Yuri. In my opinion, I think he's ready to be thrown to the Wolves already after that first fight. I mean, he's 28-3 and in his career. Um, sorry about that. You guys are, got the long crew out mowing right now. But uh, I think Yuri's ready to go now. Corey Anderson is my number one option. And then you could do Nikita Krylov if you don't want to throw him completely to the Wolves. Now, I'm not saying that's an easy fight. That's a very tough fight. So I would go Corey Anderson or Nikita Krylov. For Paige Van Zandt, I think a move to PFL or Bellator is her way to go. I think her run in the UFC is over. I think Bellator can promote her better. I think they can get her in there. She can. They can throw her four fights that she's going to be – it's a favorable matchup. She could win those fights and possibly fight for the title. She's a big name still. That's a move for Paige Van Zandt. Amanda Rebus, she wants to go back down. She only took the Paige Van Zandt fight up because it was such a big name for her. I think Tisa Torres or Alexa Grasso, both great fights for her. Jessica Andrade coming out the loss to Rose. is a good fight. She looked good, in my opinion. I didn't think it was a split decision. I thought I thought Rose probably won all three rounds, but for sure two comfortably. Um, so I'd say Tatiana Suarez for Andrade because I don't think she falls far. And Suarez needs a fight. Or you can go Nina Ansaroff. Either way, both good fights. Uh, for Rose, number one option, she should fight the winner of Whaley Zane. You'll want a two if that happens. Now, unless they just want to give Rose the immediate title shot, the number two option would be just give her straight to Whaley Zane for the belt. Either way, I like both those. Jose Aldo, uh, I'd like to see him fight number one, Dominic Cruz, or two, Jimmy Rivera. Either one of those fights. I love both. Dominic Cruz would be very fun. Peter Yan, number one option, should definitely be Aljamain Sterling. Nobody should get the title shot for Aljamain. I didn't want to put a number two option here for Yan. I did put Cody Garbrandt. He's one of my favorite fighters. He's coming off a big one. They have history. But I think Garbrandt should fight one more time. And I think Aljamain should fight Yan. I think that's the only way to go. Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky. Okay. Obviously, I haven't talked about this on air. I thought Max Holloway clearly won. Okay. The night of the fight, watching as a fan, I thought Holloway barely won. 
Okay, I thought he won one, two, three. Three was close. I thought four, five were Volk. When I rewatched it, I thought he won one, two, three, and five. I don't think you can close the chapter on that yet. I think you have to run it back for a third time, even though he's 0-2. I think he won the second fight. So I think you have to run it back. Now, let's say they don't run it back. The next option for Max Holloway would be the winner of Zabit uh, and Yair. That'd be a great, great matchup, both guys. B- great matchup against Holloway. For Volkanovski, I think you do... You could do Chan Sun Jun, or you could do Calvin Cater. Either way. I think Korean Zombie... If he's not going to fight Ortega, that's the fight to make is Volkanovski. If Korean Zombie's not going to fight Ortega and Alexander Volkanovski is not going to fight Holloway, I think you do Korean Zombie Volkanovski. I think it's a great fight. That's the fight I want to see. Jorge Masvidal. Obviously, I bashed that fight with him and Usman. That was unbelievable. I didn't think... Uh, Yes, it was very BMF of Masvidal to take the fight on six days' notice, but if he knew he was going to come in in that shape and be tired three minutes into the fight, why would you take that fight then? When you know your chances are limited. But he'll be back. He's a huge name. They drew 1.3 million buys, second highest in the ESPN pay-per-view era. He'll be back. Number one option, run it back with Nate Diaz. Why not? Um, he was, in my opinion, he was dominating. Yes, it ended controversially, but I still think he was dominating the fight. Another number two option would be Colby Covington. It's a great fight. Colby Covington, Masvidal. I wouldn't mind that at all. That's a huge rivalry. They are obviously former teammates. I wouldn't have a problem seeing that either. Kamara Usman now. Obviously, the number one option sounds like Gilbert Burns. I think he should run it back Colby Covington. I have Gilbert Burns number one because he's the rightful contender, I think. I think Colby Covington's the best fighter at 170, though. He doesn't break his jaw. I think he beats Usman. But it sounds like Usman's going to fight Gilbert Burns. Uh, 50K Dan Ige. Coming off the loss to Calvin Cater. He still looked great. First five-round fight, he looked great. I think Jeremy Stevens is a great option or Shane Burgos. Either way, those are two very fun fights, and I think Ige would is would be the favorite in both those fights, in my honest opinion. For Calvin Cater, again, if maybe if I were him, if Max Holloway doesn't get the title shot and somebody else does, I'd be asking for Max Holloway. Now, or you could ask for Ortega. If Ortega doesn't get the Korean zombie fight, you could do Calvin Cater Ortega. Either way. So now we go to uh, Davidson Figueiredo, who's the new flyweight champion. He's dominant, man. 19-1. He's going to be very tough to beat. The number one option would definitely be Brandon Moreno, who's going to be the rightful number one contender. The number two option, though, a little bit of a curveball. A guy that said he could easily make 125, no problem. Cody Garbrandt. Now let's say Garbrandt doesn't receive the shot at Jan. Why not ask for the Figueiredo fight? I don't see anyone at 125 that's better than Garbrandt. Besides maybe Figueiredo. That's a great fight. I love both fights. I love the fight for Garbrandt against Figueiredo. I like his chances to win. If he doesn't get the 135 shot, why not try to go collect a belt at 125? You have a belt at 125. And then go up and fight the winner of Jan and Aljamain. Both are great. Great fights. All right.
a little NBA talk. A lot of NBA talk today. So I come up with a list for five stars that could possibly be traded this offseason. That would be Bradley Beal, Victor Oladipo, Zach Levine, Joel Embiid, and Drew Holiday. Most likely to be traded, I'd say Bradley Beal 1, Drew Holiday 2, Oladipo 3, Levine 4, and Embiid 5. We'll start out with Beal. I get four teams. You got the Nets, who could offer Karis LeVert, Dinwiddie, Allen, and two unprotected first-rounders. You got the Mavericks, who could offer Brunson, Dwight Powell, DeLon Wright, Maxi Cleaver, and two unprotected first-rounders. The Timberwolves could offer Jarrett Colbert, James Johnson, Josh Okoji, Jake Lehman, and two unprotected first-rounders. And the Memphis Grizzlies, Justice Winslow, Tyus Jones, Brandon Clark, and two unprotected first-rounders. Out of those four teams, which I think is the best, which I th- who do I think would be the best fit for him would be the Dallas Mavericks because Luke is a pass. He's a passing guard. He does score, but he also can get rather build the ball. Averages nine ten assists a game. Where would be the most interesting fit? Would be Memphis. Him and him and Jaw would be very interesting. What do I think most likely happens if it was these four teams? Probably the Nets because I think the Nets, the Nets three players with Levert, Dinwiddie, Allen is the best they can get. Um, and then the two first rounders, I think that's the best. That's the best talent the Wizards can get. So I think I like the Mav- The Mavs the best. Grizzlies most interesting, but the Nets most realistic. Let's go to Victor Oladipo. I got the Lakers, Sixers, Jazz, and Knicks. The Lakers offer Kyle Kuzma, Danny Green, Taylor Horton Tucker, and two protected first rounders. The Sixers offer Josh Richardson, Mike Scott, Zaire Smith, and two protected first rounders. The Jazz, the Jazz offer Bojan Bogdanovic, Royce O'Neal, Gorgie Nien, two protected first rounders. And the Knicks offer Kevin Knox, Frank Nikitskinlina, Taj Gibson, and two protected first rounders. The best, the best to go would be the Lakers for him. Obviously, your immediate title contender. Um. The most interesting one would be the Sixers, I think, because he'd go into a stacked team. They'd be super stacked. I mean, you run the starting lineup of Simmons, Oladipo, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, and Joel Embiid, pretty stacked. That's a good defensive lineup. And I, I think the Lakers are the best option, though. Um, I think Horton Tucker can, will be very good. I think Kuzma can still grow. And then you get a good you get a good starting guard in Danny Green. I don't think it takes the I don't think it takes the Pacers out of the top five of the East. In my opinion, Zach Levine. I got the Mavericks, Lakers, Hawks, Nuggets. The Mavericks offer Jalen Brunson, Seth Curry, Dwight Powell, two pet two first rounders. The Lakers offer Kyle Kuzma, Danny Green, Horton Tucker, two first-rounders. The Hawks, Cam Reddish, Fernando, Debman, two first-rounders. The Nuggets, Gary Harris, Monte Morris, and two first-rounders. Obviously, the team I'd like to see on the most, the Lakers. The most interesting one would be the Hawks to go pair with Trey Young. In my opinion, the best fit, though, would be the Denver Nuggets. I think he's immediately the second star, and I think it jumps the Nuggets up. I think he's way better than Gary Harris. I think it jumps the Nuggets up into the top, maybe the t- number two over the Clippers in the West, in my opinion. Very possible. Joel Embiid. 
I got the Warriors, Suns, Hawks, and Pelicans. The Warriors could offer Andrew Wiggins, Kevin Looney, Jordan Poole, and four first-rounders. The Suns could offer Kelly Oubre, Mikael Bridges, Ty Jerome, Elia Kobo, and three first-rounders. The Hawks could offer Clint Capella, Cam Reddish, Kevin Hoyter, Bruno Fernando, two first-rounders. And the Pelicans offer Drew Holiday, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Josh Hart, and two first-rounders. Best fit? Warriors. Obviously, you go to be the best team in the NBA. They would be the best team in the NBA. Who, who do you want to put there at small forward? Don't matter. When you got Curry, Clay, Draymond, Embiid. Don't matter who you put there at the small forward. Uh, the Suns. Uh, in my opinion, the most interesting fit would be the Suns. Um, you get Devin Booker a star. You run the Twin Towers down low, him and Aiden. Because I think Aiden could play the four. So you run the Twin Towers down low. In my opinion, who I would like to see, though, is the Pelicans. Because you guys eye on him down low. You still have Lonzo and Ingram. You know, you could probably, you know, you got Reddick at shooting guard. The Pelicans, I'd love to see the most. For Drew Holiday, I got the Mavericks, the Jazz, the Grizzlies, and the Clippers. The Mavericks offering Dwight Powell, DeLon Wright, Jalen Brunson, and a first rounder. The Jazz offering Bojan Bogdanovic, Ed Davis, Gorgi Nian, and a first rounder. The Grizzlies offering Justice Winslow, Ty jo- Tyus Jones, Brandon Clark, and a first rounder. And the Clippers offering Pat Bev, uh, Ivaka, Ivaka Zubac, Landry Shamit, Rodney Magruder, and a first rounder. Best fit, probably the Clippers. Go compete for a title, and I think it's the best package for the uh, uh, for the Pelicans. Pat Bev. He'd only be on a one-year, and then he could be gone if you didn't want him. But you get Zubac and Shamit, two young guys to go with your young core. The Mavericks, that would be fun as well. Or the Jazz. Now they moved on to the Mitchell to point guard. You could run Drew Holiday at the two. I wouldn't mind seeing that either. My NBA draft big board. Top 15 prospects. Uh, number one, I have LaMelo Ball. Number one overall prospect, in my opinion. Number two, Anthony Edwards, shooting guard from Georgia. Number three, Obi Toppin, uh, the Ford from Dayton. Number four, Tyrese Halliburton, the point guard from Iowa State. Number five, James Wiseman, the center from Memphis. Number six, Onyeko Kungwu, the power forward slash center from USC. Number seven, Denny Avijay, the small board from Tel Aviv. He's going to be a stud. Number eight, Killian Hayes, the guard from France. Number nine, RJ Hampton, the guard from Australia. Ten, Isaac Okoro, the small forward from Auburn. Eleven, Cole Anthony, point guard from North Carolina. Number 12, Nico Mannion, point guard from Arizona. Number 13, Jemias Ramsey, shooting guard from Texas Tech. Number 12, uh, number 14, Josh Green, shooting guard from Arizona. Number 15, Tyler Bray, the small forward from Colorado. I think uh, in this draft, one and two are kind of head above. I think one and two, LaMelo and Anthony Edwards are clearly the two best. And then I think you could honestly say three through nine or ten. You could, or yeah, three through nine or ten could be rearranged, in my opinion, any which way you look at it. Um, people, A lot of people are high on Onieka. I'm very high on Obi Toppin. I'm also very high on Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I think most people think Denny Avijay is going top four, the small forward from Tel Aviv. 
We'll see what happens though. I can't wait for the draft. Can't wait. Can't wait for all this. The NBA's back, and I'm so happy. Um, the five dark horse players: late first round, early second round. Uh, Trey Jones, the point guard from Duke, love his game. Devon Dotson, the point guard from Kansas, obviously I love Dot. Uh, Precious Achua, the power forward from Memphis, he's gonna need to develop a good three point shot, but I think he can. He's got. He's very raw, and I think he'd be very good. Desmond Bain. The shooting guard from uh, TCU and Jaden McDaniels, who I think possibly he he's close to being top five with the most upside. The small port from Washington. All right, a little. Would you rather? Would you rather be coaching the Cowboys or the Eagles this season? I think the Cowboys have more talent. I think they also have more pressure to win, though. Not just being the Dallas Cowboys, but I think with the roster they have. And Dak and the quarterback, the contract situation. I think they have the most pressure to win over the. They have more pressure to win over the Eagles. The Eagles have a. Now the Cowboys have a new coach, Mike McCarthy. Obviously a great coach, but the Eagles, their coach is, he's been with Philadelphia for a while now, won a Super Bowl. And they have their quarterback locked down, so. I think the Cowboys have more to prove. I would be. I would still rather coach the Cowboys because the talent they have, but the Cowboys definitely have way more pressure to win this year than Philadelphia. Who would you rather see Connor fight next, Gaethje or Nate? Gaethje. The reason why is the Nate fight's always there. The Nate fight is always going to be there. That fight could happen anytime. I'd rather see him fight Gaethje for the title. Would you rather start a team with LaMelo or Anthony Edwards? LaMelo. I think he's by far the best player in the draft. Anthony Edwards is right there, number two. I, I agree, but I think LaMelo at 6'9", 180. In my opinion, easily the best player in the draft. Would you rather have Mo Salah or Eden Hazard? You had asked me three years ago, might be a different answer. I think Mo Salah is way better of a player than Eden Hazard now. I'd much rather have, I'd much rather have Mo Salah. All right, a little soccer talk here. A lot, a lot going on. Uh, so, Man City's Champions League ban has been lifted. A lot of teams and a lot of people are pissed off about that. Um, but it is lifted. They will be able to compete in the Champions League next year and the year after. It was a two-year ban. Most people thought they still should have got next year. They get nothing. Uh, Bayern sides, uh, signs Leroy Sané as they now look uh, toward the future. Uh, they're going to start looking for guys to come in. They're getting, you know... Probably start getting a little bit of those older guys that have been there for a while out of there, but they're going to start looking towards the future. Leroy Sané, 24 years old, great signing for Bayern. The Champions League race for the last two spots, baby. Man U is sitting in third at 63. Chelsea also has 63 points at fourth, and Leicester has 62 points. And we're going to the last game of the year. Chelsea plays Wolverhampton, who is in six at 59. They have no shot of getting in the Champions League now, but they could ruin it for Chelsea. Leicester needs to beat Man U. They play Man U. A one-point differential, they need to beat Man U, and then Man U would need Chelsea to lose if they were to lose. Now, if Man U beats Leicester, Chelsea's result doesn't matter. They're locked into the Champions League next year. Final day is heating up, though. I can't wait for that Man U Leicester game. That's going to be very intense. Uh, Real Madrid wins La Liga on top of the mountain.
Real Madrid, baby. David Alba is a prime target for Man City. I like that a lot for Man City and David Alba. Uh, Chelsea in talks with Ajax for Onana as Kepka era could be over. I just don't think it's working out with Kepa. I think it's time to move on and bring in Onana, who I think is one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Uh, uh, USA uh, midfielder Weston McKinney to leave Schalke. Liverpool and himself have mutual interest in each other. Uh, Kai Havertz ready to leave Leverkusen. Chelsea seems like the most likely option as they're starting to bring in new guys. They brought in Ziyech, Timo Werner. Um, yeah, Chelsea's moving towards the future, and they're going to be really good next year. Uh, Leicester is planning a bid for Real's Luka Jovic of around 40 to $45 million. That'd be good for Leicester, and I think it'd be good for him, too, to go in there and be their top guys. Looks like they might be moving on from Vardy. Uh, Champions League draw. So the quarterfinals roundup, which obviously means the final eight. Atlanta will get PSG in the quarterfinals. I think PSG will move on. I think they'll win. Uh, Leipzig will face Atletico. I think Atletico wins. And then you got uh, Barca versus Napoli are 1-1 right now and uh, through leg one. They got leg two to go still the round of 16. Bayern is up 3-0 on Chelsea. Still one more leg to go. I think Barca and Bayern will move on. Then they play. Then they'll play each other. I think Barca beats Bayern in the round of eight. Uh, Leon versus Juve. Leon is up one zero through one, leg one. Man City versus Real. You got Man City two one through one leg. I think Juve and Real move on, and then Ronaldo gets to play Real. I think Juve moves on. So my final four would be PSG, Atletico. Barca and Juve in the final four of the Champions League. Move on. Do my uh, do doing a little uh, list here of my top five favorite sports moments ever. Um, couple Connor in here. You got LeBron, Kobe, KU. Number five, Connor McGregor getting the win back against Nate Diaz in the rematch. Um. Probably the most important fight of his career. If he lost, who knows what would have happened. If he would have dropped 0-2 against Nate. Um, number four, KU winning the 2008 national title. Obviously, Bill Self's only national title. They come back against Memphis. Number three, Kobe's final game against the Jazz. Dropping 60, bringing them back to win the game. And going out on top. Number two, Conor McGregor becoming a 2-8 world champion. Beating Eddie Alvarez at UFC 205, New York City. You know, did what he said he was going to do. He was a 2 eight world champion in Cage Warriors, said he was going to do it in the UFC, and he did it. Number one, though, easily LeBron winning the title for Cleveland. Coming back from a 3-1 deficit. No one's ever done that in the NBA Finals. Um, it was an unreal moment. Uh, a couple NFL headlines. A.B., Antonio Brown retires. Said it's not worth it anymore to keep fighting the league, so he's going to retire from football. We'll see how long he sticks to that, though. Tom Brady's agent says the Patriots will drop off after losing Tom big time. He doesn't see them making the playoffs, is what he said. The Redskins next year will play as the Washington football team. Uh, they have not come up with a for sure name, so they will just be the Washington football team next year. A little interesting. All right, three sleeper teams that could shockingly win their division. At number one, I have the Cleveland Browns. They are in a very tough division. Obviously, the Bengals won't be... Too tough this year, 
But you got the Steelers and you have the Ravens. So it's a tough division. But I think if any team in the NFL that is a sleeper to win their division, I think it's the Browns because they're talent on both sides of the ball. They might have the most talented roster in football. They got Chubb and Kareem Hunt at running back. They have Odell and Jarvis Landry at receiver. And now they added Austin Hooper with David and Joku at tight end. That's that's ultra talent right there. Number two would be the Chicago Bears. I think people are gonna be surprised about this. They're also again in a tough division. The Lions are still the Lions can still win games with Stafford. The Vikings are gonna be good. May not have Dalvin Cook though. And then obviously you got Rodgers and the Packers. The Bears defense is so good. I think if Nick Foles is their quarterback, I think they could win the division. If they roll Foles over Trubisky, I think they could win their division. Number three. In my opinion, this team might be in the toughest division of football, would be the Arizona Cardinals. They could shockingly do it, though, with the talent they have around Murray. It's going to be all about that defense. Can they grow up quick? Arguably, in my opinion, they are in the toughest division of football. They have the Niners and Seahawks, along with the Rams, who are still very talented. That's going to be very tough to win that division. But they're one of the, they're one of the you know, a team that I could see winning their division, though, because of the, their quarterback and the talent they have around him. Obviously, they might arguably have the best receiver in football now in Hopkins. You know him, Michael Thomas, Julio. You know, they might have the best one. Now we'll go to four teams. Now, this is not a this is not a bold prediction. This is four teams that are a lock, in my opinion, to jump up their win total. The Steelers went 8-8 eight eight last year. I think the Steelers won at least 10 games this year. The Broncos went 6-10. and 10. They for sure, in my opinion, will go eight and eight. I think I have them going ten and six. The Buccaneers went seven and nine last year. I have them going twelve and four with Brady. The Cardinals went five, ten and one last year. I think the Cardinals get to eight and eight or nine and seven this year. Four teams that are a lock to drop off. The Ravens went fourteen two last year. Again, this is not a obviously they don't have room for they don't have much room for improvement. They can only go fifteen and one or sixteen no. I think they definitely drop off in fourteen wins especially because I think the Browns will be a lot better and the Steelers are going to be way better. So I think the Ravens for sure drop from 14-2. I still think they win 10 or 11 games probably, but they're definitely dropping off. The Packers went 13-3. I don't see that happening again. I think they'll win around 10 games, maybe 9. Obviously the Patriots, 12-4. They're definitely going to drop off. I think they could still win 10 games with Cam. I don't think they reach 12-4 though. Uh, and the least likely, though, the Saints at 13-3, I think they drop off, but I still think they could win around 11 or 12. So I don't think it's a huge drop-off for the Saints. Like, I think the Packers drop by three, I think the Patriots drop by two or three, and I think the Ravens drop by three or four. I could see the Saints only dropping by one. But I do, don't think they go 13-3. and three. All right, so now we're down. We're going to do. We're gonna bring back the list. I'm doing the top 30 greatest NBA players ever. On this podcast, I'm going to do 30 through 16. And then I'm also going to do the top 30 best current players in the NBA. I'll do 30 through 16 as well. So at number 30, I got Rick Barry. At 29, I got David Robinson. 28, Chris Paul. 27, Dominique Wilkins. 26, Reggie Miller. 25, Isaiah Thomas. 24, George Gervin. 23, Dwayne Wade. 22, Julius Irving, 21, Steph Curry, 20, Walt Frazier, 19, John Stockton, 18, Jerry West, 17, Moses Malone, 16, Scottie Pippen. What do I think will get the most controversy will be, well, what I saw on list, Stockton was around the 30 to 35 range. I have him at 19. 
Uh, I think people will be a little shocked maybe that Curry's at 21 and then having Chris Paul in my top 30. Most lists I saw had Chris Paul closer to 45-50. Curry was still out there, but it was between 26 and 30 range. I have him at 21. I think he's already one of the best. He's one of the, He's the best shooter ever, and he's one of the best guards ever as well. So next podcast will be 15 through 1. Definitely a couple of them will be controversial on my top 15. I don't think my top 5 is that controversial. Maybe one or two because you Jordan Dick Riders. But it'll be controversial uh, with who's at 15 and with who's at 10. So now we'll go to the top 30 best current NBA players. This isn't ju- this isn't just who played last year because some guys didn't play. Um, at 30, I got John Morant, 29, Zach Levine, 28, CJ McCollum, 27, Kevin Love, 26, Demonis Sabonis, 25, Zion Williamson, 24, Trey Young, 23, Donovan Mitchell, 22, Russell Westbrook, 21, Paul George, 20, Jimmy Butler, 19, Bradley Beal, 18, Devin Booker, 17, Pascal Siakam, 16, Kyrie Irving. I think people are definitely going to say that I have Zion too high. They're going to say I have Jimmy Butler, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook too low, and probably Kyrie too low. I think Paul George will be the most controversial having him at 21. I'm not as high on Paul George. I've never been as high on Paul George as everybody else. I've always said he could never be the first option. And in my opinion, when it comes down to the playoffs, I don't know if he's a second option to win a championship. He's never – he played good when he's in Indiana, but that wasn't when he had pressure on him. He's got he had pressure on him to do good in Oklahoma City. In my opinion, he didn't show up. He's got to show up this year. I mean, they gave they gave the house for him. Eight first round draft picks to get him. And, in my opinion, a future superstar in this league in Shea Gilgis Alexander. And Danilio Gallinari. In my opinion, they gave up a lot for him, so he's gotta he's gotta show up this year. Um Kyrie Irving at sixteen. I think people are gonna say I might have him a little low, especially maybe Maybe because a couple of the point guards I have over him. But in my opinion, I never again, Kyrie, I don't think he can be that guy to win a title. And I, I in my opinion, he's he's more he's more hurt he more hurts the team, in my opinion, because of the way he acts than he does help the team. So that's why I have Kyrie at uh sixteen. People are probably gonna say, Wow, Jimmy Butler, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker over Paul George. Yeah. I understand. Bradley Beal and Devin Booker never done anything in the playoffs. But tell me what Paul George has done in the playoffs. Yeah, he's been some conference finals. And he was ran off the court by LeBron. So, I mean, Paul George, in my opinion, hasn't done anything spe- more special than Bradley Beal or Devin Booker. Even though Devin Booker's never been in the playoffs, he's not, I don't. Paul George hasn't done anything more special to me. Or than Jimmy Butler. I like. I think Jimmy Butler's a better, he's a, he's a much better clutch player. Jimmy Butler's proven to be a clutch guy over Paul George for sure. You know, so. And now, you know, Jimmy on Miami, he's got, it's, it's his team. And I think they're a dark horse to get to the conference finals. Um, if they're playing the, if they're playing the Bucks in round two, it's a tough matchup for the Bucks. I'm not, I'm not going to easily say the Bucks beat the Heat. I think that's a tough matchup. I like the Miami Heat. I like. I like. I honestly like Jimmy Butler going to Miami. I think he, he gets to be the guy. He's got a lot. A lot of guys are. He's he's more calmed down this year. He's not so uptight. 
He's got a lot of guys around him that look up to him. A lot of young guys. So, I like Jimmy Butler. People, I mean, he, he can be a headache, but who can't? LeBron can be a headache. He's demanding. I like I like guys. I, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a dick on the court, but you're but you're de- he's demanding. Yeah, he can be an asshole, but he's demanding, and I like that in a superstar. I like my I like my top guy to be demanding to win games. If it takes yelling at guys and you know kind of being a dick, it, it is what it is. He wants to win. I don't see that in Paul George. I don't see that alpha in Paul George. I don't see that. You know, I think Paul George is always, you know, guys are demanding, you know. There's ways to go about it. You got guys that are demanding. Harden, he's a demanding player. People don't, not not, not everyone can play James Harden. And I get people don't like his style. But he's demanding of his guys to win. That's what he is. Chris Paul, you've heard the rumors. He's a headache. But he wants to win games. So he's demanding. It is what it is, in my opinion. That's just, that's just that. If a guy's gonna be de- if a guy's gonna be demanding, it comes off being a dick. It is what it is to me. I'd rather have Paul. I'd rather have Jimmy Butler than Paul George on my team. One hundred percent, not even a question. When I was asked, would you rather have Jimmy Butler or Paul George playing all inside LeBron? I'd rather have Jimmy Butler because that competitive he had he has that competitive fire. All right, so that was it for uh, today's podcast. Um, probably be back. Today's what's today Thursday. Probably back Monday. I'm gonna have two of my friends on. We're not just talking sports. I'll do some sports talk, but it's mainly we're just gonna we're gonna get together, decide some topics to talk about, and we're gonna do that. It'll be a fun podcast. Probably a longer one. Probably be about an hour and a half, two hour one. But uh, thank you guys for listening. See ya.